Bismillah bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa lah amma ba'd assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh as we're doing alhamdulillah so today inshallah ta'ala we're continuing with ayah number 28 of surah naziat in which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ba'd a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim rafa'a samkaha fasawaha rafa'a means to raise up he raised up this is referring to allah ta'ala he is the fa'il he is the doer in this case he raised up samkaha Samk is typically referred to as its highest part, its roof, its ceiling, its, you know, something of elevation. Samkaha, the it is referring back to as-sama. So Allah Ta'ala is saying that he raised the sky's ceiling. Samkaha fasawaha, and he proportioned it. So this seems to be, wallahu ta'ala a'lam as-sawab, this seems to be a reference to the universe. Uh, let me go through the, the root, ver, the root uh, word itself. Samkun, yeah, like we said, is the highest part of something, coming from the root verb of samaka yasmuku, samkan fahuwa samikun, which means to raise or to elevate something. And by the way, this root word only shows up one time in the Quran. The root letters of seen, meme, and kaf together like this, this trilateral root only shows up once. Another possibility is that some can refer to thickness because some means to thicken something up, but this, it comes back to the same meaning, ultimately implying what? That this would refer to the, the, the universe expanding above us. It's so thick, uh, you know, in terms of distant, it's so far away, its edge is so far away. And fasawaha means that he smoothed it out. Sawaha means he smoothed it out. What's interesting about this is that uh, Ibn al-Khatib rahimahullah, he used this verse to prove or to demonstrate, to, to give evidence that this universe is spherical. Uh, he said what? لَوْ لَمْ تَكُنْ كُرَةً لَكَانَ بَعْضُ زَوَانِ بِهَا سَطْحًا وَالْبَعْضُ زَاوِيَةً وَالْبَعْضُ خَطًّا Had it, as in had the sky, not been spherical, then some sides would be smooth and others portions would have angles and others would have edges. But the fact of the matter is what? That we know from modern science, and Allah knows best, uh, that this is in line with the current model of thinking about the universe, which is what? That there was a singularity that exploded and that it's expanding in every direction equally. Thus, it's like blowing up like a balloon, thus making it spherical in nature. Now, of course, that begs the question, what is outside of the universe? Not whatever it is, it's not, uh, you know, uh, the time, matter, and space. That's what the universe is typically described as. It's time, matter, and space. So whatever it is, it's something that is outside of the sphere, outside of the sphere or outside of the realm of time, matter, and space. And Allah knows best what that is. Now, there are uh, other related verses describing what the proportioning of this universe. The fact that this universe is proportioned in such a way, where it's constructed and made in such a way that, subhanAllah, you can't find any faults in it. Allah says, Allah says that He is the one who created, Allah is the one who created the seven heavens in layers. You do not see in the creation of the most merciful any inconsistency so return your vision to the sky again do you see any breaks then return your vision twice again your vision will return to you humbled uh, uh, while in it is fatigued this is what this is talking about and Allah knows best it seems to be referring to the intelligible intelligibility or you could say the consistency of this universe it could have been the case that we live in a universe that is unintelligible that makes no sense that is random and chaotic however subhanallah this universe does make sense, which is why physicists can study it. And this in and of itself is something so remarkable that unfortunately the layman doesn't think about, but intelligent people do. 
intelligent people do think about this, and this is one of the, my favorite quotes from Albert Einstein, and please think, listen to this quote and pay attention to it, because it's so brilliant. It's so sad that we don't teach our kids to think this way, but this is how brilliant people think. Albert Einstein has famous, famously said, the most incomprehensible thing about the world is that it is comprehensible. The most incomprehensible thing about the world is that it's comprehensible. How does it make sense that everything makes sense? Why does math work? Why is it the case that I can figure out the speed of light and I can understand how physics work? I can understand the temperature at which water boils or whatever the case is, right? How fast things fall in terms of the gravitational pull, uh, you know, the weak and strong nuclear force. Why is it that we can do these studies and, and break down and figure out what is inside of an atom and, you know, uh, electrons, I don't know, whatever else, whatever else you can think of when it comes to physics. Why does all this work? Isn't it remarkable that not only this universe makes sense, but in addition to that, we have the ability to make sense of it. This is in fact pointed to when Allah Ta'ala says what? Allah Ta'ala correlates our own intelligibility with the intelligibility of the universe, because both of them have to work, right? It could be that the universe makes sense, but our minds don't, or our minds make sense, but the universe doesn't. But SubhanAllah, both come together. And Allah Ta'ala uh, refers to this when Allah says, أَوَلَمْ يَتَفَكَّرُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ That do they not contemplate within themselves, first and foremost, look within yourself, Allah has not created the heavens and the earth and what is between them except in truth, بالحق. بالحق يعني, it is one way of understanding this is that this is an intelligible, uh, a rational universe. بالحق can also mean in truth, as in with a purpose. This is a بالحق means with an actual objective and goal in mind. But still, I just find this is truly a remarkable ayah of the Quran. Anyway, moving on, then Allah says, and he darkened uh, its night and extracted its brightness. So what was the first word that only occurred once? It was the uh, a word in which Allah Ta'ala samkaha, rafa'a samkaha, it only occurs once in the Quran. Interestingly enough, you have a next, another word. The root letters of ghayn, ta, and sheen only also occur once in this Quran. So it's another unique term. Means to darken to the point that things become bl blurry, which is slightly different than the darkening of the word like asasa or rasaqa uh, or waqaba. There's uh, many different words that are almost synonymous but have different specialities. But this is uh, So, what does this imply? That Allah Ta'ala darkened the night. One interpretation, one understanding here is that Allah Ta'ala darkened the night so that truth and falsehood were difficult to distinguish, but then Allah extracted from it its brightness so that the truth can stand clear from falsehood. This is one implication here, that SubhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala made truth clear from falsehood. And if Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala can make such a great sky, uh, either dark or light, and we know that it's greater, its creation is greater than the human being, as Allah Ta'ala says, then don't you think that he can guide or misguide whoever he wills with light or with darkness? This is one implication here. I can make the whole universe dark and I can make the whole universe bright. And the universe is much more complex and difficult and much greater of a creation than you are, oh human being. So yes, of course, I can either guide or misguide you. This is, and of, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala did make guidance clear. As the Prophet says, قَدْ تَرَكْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْبَيْضَاءِ لَيْلُهَا كَنَهَارِهَا لَا يَزِيغُ عَنْهَا بَعْدِ إِلَّا هَالِكَ I have left you upon a white, clear way. Its night is like its day. No one strays from it after me except one who is destroyed. SubhanAllah, there's a nice, very beautiful quote that says what? Truth exists, only falsehood has to be invented. I thought that's a very, very beautiful quote. That truth exists, only falsehood has to be invented. SubhanAllah, this universe, بالحق, Allah Ta'ala, الحق, SubhanAllah, and the guidance of Islam is the haq, but yet SubhanAllah, people invent nonsense. May Allah protect us. 
So it's also interesting here is what? That there was darkness first, and then Allah Ta'ala brought out its light. What's interesting here is that darkness first and then light second, this is supported by the idea that the universe first had gas clouds, and then those gas clouds, due to gravitational pull, eventually formed into stars that shone light. And in fact, Allah Ta'ala specifically says, Then he directed himself to the heavens while it was smoke and said to it and to the earth, come into being willingly or by compulsion. And they said, we have come willingly. So subhanAllah, this seems to be uh, an ayah that's describing, and Allah knows best, of course, these are uh, speculations, but they're still very fascinating, that Allah Ta'ala is describing the, 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 the um, initial stages of the universe as this dukhan, and then they came together either willingly or by compulsion. Well, Adam, you, you could make the argument that this is talking about gravity pulling together, and then obviously that... Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, these these uh, gas clouds coming together and pressing together is what makes stars. Thus, coming the light. Thus, the light comes out. Uh, and Allah knows best. Then Allah says, "What?" And after that, He spread the earth out. Again, this is the third time we're having a work, a word that is unique. Daha, uh, the root letters of dal, ha, and wow. This word only shows up once in the Quran again, uh, or these root, this trilateral root only shows up this one time. And it comes from the root verb of daha yadhu or dahwan fahuwa dahin, which means to spread something out, to make something smooth. Uh, and uh, what's interesting about this is that many uh, point to this ayah and say this is also a scientific miracle of the Quran, and Allah knows best, and they base it on the fact that the word dahwan uh, uh, means an ostrich egg, which is not perfectly spherical, but it's quite round and just slightly. Not, per, not a perfect sphere. I don't remember what the term is. But anyway, apparently the earth is that same shape, where it's not 100% perfectly spherical, but it's pretty close. And so it seems to be very closely related to the size of an ostrich egg. So the fact that Allah says, well, one interpretation could mean, and after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the earth uh, this daha, or the dahyun, Dahwun shape, the shape of this ostrich-like egg, which is almost perfectly spherical. And of course, we know that planets become round. When you look up, why are all the planets, why are they round? This is due to, again, referring to what the gravitational pull, pulling it in over time, things eventually get evened out. And you could call this, wallah the smoothing of the earth, daha, uh, and also it becoming like this shape of the ostrich egg. And also a related word is udhiyatun, which means the ostrich, ostrich's nest. So subhanAllah, it seems to be the case that after mentioning darkness and then light, now you can see, and the fact that the earth was smoothed out and become, became habitable, this seems to be alluding to the fact uh, that truth became clear from falsehood, as in the previous verse, and then Allah mentions how the earth is spread out, pointing to the fact that humans have all the options to go in any directions you want, right? We can go north, east, west, south, right? We can move around the earth, and this wallah alam seems to be symbolically referencing what? Symbolically referencing the fact that you can choose your path. Do you want to go in, you know, in a good direction, a bad direction? Do you want to go this way or that way? This is all up to you. All of it is clearly laid out for you because I made this earth in such a way where it's smooth enough that you can traverse through the earth, through the earth as you wish. As for the term ba'da there's difference of opinion. Some say this is talking about ba'da in terms of time, after that, as in one thing and then after another. Or this could refer to this and after that I make another point. Like, you know, uh, you're a, a, a mean guy and beyond that, you're rude, you know? You get my point? Like, you're not saying beyond that in the sense of beyond physically distance, but beyond that, as in my point beyond that, my second point is what? 
that you're also, let's say, rude. You know, you say you're, you're, you're loud and you're rude. You're, you're loud and beyond that, you're rude. Are you saying beyond that in the distance? No, I'm saying my second point is. So Allah Alam, this is one way of looking at, uh, I think Qurtubi and I can't remember, I think it was Alusi, but I remember different Mufassiri and they were describing that Ba'da Thalika can talk about time period or can be a reference to, you know, in addition to that, like Ya'ni Ma, they would say, you know, this can also mean Ya'ni Ma. With that, along with that, you are, it is the Haha, it is smoothed out. So Allah knows best in terms of the uh, timing of it all. Furthermore, yes, what's also fascinating, I really find this point really remarkable. Allah Ta'ala mentioned what earlier in the surah, in ayah number 14, Allah said what? Fa'idahum bisahira. Allah Ta'ala said what? You will be dead in the future. When, like we're gonna die, and then you're gonna be corpses, and then in the future I'm going to I'm going to make this earth into a flat plane. I'm going to bring you back for resurrection. You're going to be judged. That's what this whole surah is dealing with. The disbelievers doubting resurrection. And in this surah, Allah is saying, don't you guys realize that you used to be dead? And I also flattened and smoothed out this earth. And then I brought you out of it. What exactly are you doubting? Didn't I do exactly that? Do you guys see the parallel? That Allah Ta'ala mentioned how in the future, things will be smoothed out and then they will be resurrected, right? And they're saying, I don't believe that that can happen. And Allah Ta'ala is referring to the fact that it already happened. You used to be non-existent. And then what did I do? I smoothed out this earth, right? And then SubhanAllah, I gave you life from death. How do you not recognize the parallel? And how can you say, well, I don't think that can happen. What are you doing here right now? What are you talking about? So SubhanAllah, the parallel between the ayah, they will all of a sudden be on this flat plane. And the fact that Allah Ta'ala is saying, what? These are two references to smoothing out and, uh, and bringing to life. Once was way in the past and once is way in the future. So SubhanAllah, the fact that you doubt the second one, what about the first one? So SubhanAllah, that parallel is truly remarkable. He extracted from it its water and its pasture. So after Allah Ta'ala is making the earth smoothened out, what does Allah Ta'ala do? He extracts from it its water and then its pasture. Mar'a is a zarf makan, which means uh, uh, describing the place of ra'a yar'a, which means the place of grazing. Because ra'a yar'a means to graze. Like, you know, when you graze your livestock, your animals, you take them out to the pasture land. Mar'a is that pasture land. So it's the, it's the makan of, it's the place of pasturing. So uh, Allah Ta'ala is saying, after I, you know, you know well, I'm going to summarize all of it in a moment, inshallah. And then finally, Allah says what? I'm going to do a recap of this whole thing in just a moment, but I just find this really, let me, let me continue. Then Allah says, and the mountains he set firmly. And as for the mountains, means to anchor something like a ship or to peg down something like a tent. It means to peg something down or to anchor it. Now, inshallah, I want to show you the review of this entire section, which I think is just so unbelievably beautiful. The overview is what? The disbelievers deny resurrection, okay? Thinking that Allah Ta'ala can't bring the dead back to life, so Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala reminds them of what they already do know about this universe. So let's go from ayah number 27 to 32. 27, from nothing, Allah Ta'ala created this universe. So you're saying, you, you don't believe that I can create you after you, you know, were alive and died, then died? I you don't think I could bring you back? Okay, number one, I number 27. Number one, you think you're more difficult to create when I created from nothing a universe, number one. Okay, then I number 28. From chaos, I created order. Right, I, I, I expanded this universe and I made it sawaha. I gave it, you could say, proportioned it, or I made it, uh, you could say, non-chaotic. Wallahu adam. I, I made it uh, uh, portionate, uh, or portioned, I should say. 
What's next? Or, you know, smoothened out. Ayah number 29. And then there was darkness, but I brought light out. Ayah number 30. From an in inhabitable, un excuse me, from an un uninhabitable or uninhabitable planet, I made it a habitable planet, a planet that you can actually exist and live on, something where you can move around and so forth. And then ayah number 31. And then from its dead earth, I brought out water, which obviously gives life, and then it's vegetation. I brought out life after that. And then, maybe all this is happening, but yet it's still an unstable planet. And so from instability, I created the mountains as pegs to create stability. So not only can you move around because it's smooth, but also it's not constantly violently shaking and, you know, throwing you, you know, around and killing you, essentially. So subhanAllah, you doubt that I can bring you back, yet you know that from nothing I created something, this universe. From chaos I created order. From darkness I created light. From an uninhabitable planet I made it habitable. From death I brought out its water and then vegetation, life. And then from an instable, unstable planet I brought out stability through the mountains. And then why did I do all of this? What was the point of all this? As a provision for you and for your livestock. Allah Ta'ala could have just said for you. Mata'ah, it is a tool for you. It is a pleasure for you. Mata'ah can mean two things. It can mean like a tool, as in you're supposed to use it for something else. What, do you, what is a tool used for? For some other project, right? You don't use a tool for, for the tool's sake. The tool is, is, is an objective to use for the next thing, right? Uh, you know, I use this hammer to fix something, whatever the case is. The earth is a mata'ah. You're supposed to use this dunya for the akhirah. So I create it as a mata'ah, but also tamattu' means pleasure. So a mata'ah also can imply something that you enjoy. So you use it as a tool, but you also get benefit and you also enjoy it. So I made this as an enjoyment, but also as a provision and also as a tool for you, for not only you, but also your livestock. Cattle were made to serve human beings and Allah Ta'ala made them as a provision for ourselves as well. Now there's a reason why Allah Ta'ala mentions us and the cattle together. And I'm gonna mention three different reasons because I find all of them very, very beautiful and powerful. Number one, if cattle are supposed to serve us, why is it the case that sometimes we end up serving animals or you could say our own livestock or you could say our wealth because cattle was a form of wealth, right? More specifically, you shouldn't serve the creation, you should serve the creator. We, we, we know this specifically because Bani Israel, right after the story of Musa, Musa and destroying Fir'aun, which we just finished, we just finished the story of Fir'aun being drowned, what happened next? Bani Israel were finally free and what did they do? They started worshipping the golden calf. We all know this, right? So subhanAllah, it seems so fitting that right after mentioning this, Allah is saying, I created you and the animals that serve you, so why would you serve money? Why would you serve a different deity? Why would you serve the creation instead of the creator? And specifically referring to who? The Israelites and their mistake of worshipping the golden calf instead of the creator. That's number one. Number two, if cattle just eat and drink and, and reproduce, you know, by mating and so forth, is my purpose just to eat and drink and to mate and to reproduce as well? Or is it that the case that we have a higher purpose than just animals? So the fact that Allah Ta'ala is saying, look at you and the cattle, don't ever think that you are just simply on the same plane as them, because if you are, then subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala says what? That they are that they are like cattle. Why? Because they just eat and drink and think about their provisions and think about what their base desires of feeding their stomachs and their base desires of sexuality and they have no higher purpose. You are like an'am. So be cautious of this reality. And number three, which I think is the most powerful and the most interesting is what? Pharaoh was just claiming to be a god. It's as if Allah Ta'ala is saying what? Do some humans think of themselves as gods? Do you guys think of yourselves as deities? Well, 
let's take a look at a scale of greatness. You humans are actually closer to cattle than you are to gods. Given what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does, as in what he just listed, creating the universe, bringing out what? Uh, order out of chaos, light out of darkness, life out of death, you know, all these, stability out of instability. This is what a deity, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does. Whereas what you people do is actually much more comparable, not to a God, quote unquote, but rather to an animal. Why? You eat, you drink, you go to the bathroom, and you, well not bathroom, you you you, you uh, relieve yourself, let's put it more, more specifically, animals don't go to an actual bathroom. You, you relieve yourself, and you what? You mate, and you reproduce. So the fact that Allah ta'ala is saying, all this is for you and your cattle, is reminding you that you, you people can get so arrogant like Fir'aun that you can think that you're deities, that you think that you're on the level of gods. Let me explain to you what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did to create this entire system for you. You're not anywhere near that. You're much closer to the animals that you're living with and benefiting from this planet alongside of. Do you guys get the point there? Is that, is that point clear? Final point inshallah ta'ala. I know I'm going a bit long. Let me finish up with the last point. When Allah Ta'ala says, We should remember that this was also mentioned in the surah right, right uh, uh, after this, which is surah 80, surah Abasa, ayah numbers, uh, ayat from 25 to uh, 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 31 is the description. And then ayah number 32 is, And here we have 79:33. So why does Allah Ta'ala mention these two ayat, in these two surahs? Uh, 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 why, why mention them both? What is the difference between them? What's interesting, is the buildup before both of them. So let's look at, in Surah Abasa, everything is about the growth and the, new, uh, the, growth and the uh, uh, blessing of new vegetation that we can witness directly. It's so amazing that Allah Ta'ala is saying, look at what's right in front of you. Ayah number 25, the rain cycle. This is Surah Abbas I'm talking about. Ayah number 25 talks about the rain cycle. Ayah number 26 talks about plants piercing up through the surface of the earth. We see them growing. Ayah number 27 talks about the, uh, 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 the, uh, the growth of grain. Ayah number uh, 28 talks about the growth of grapes and herbs. 29 talks about the growth of olives and palm trees. Ayah number 30 talks about the growth of gardens and dense shrubbery. And 31 talks about the growth of fruits and grass. So this is all things that you can see. Contrast that with the buildup to what? To the same ayah, but we then shift over to this surah, surah Nazi'at, from ayah 27 to 32. 27, the creation of the sky, that happened before you existed. You can learn about it through scientific uh, 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 investigation, but you can't see it directly. You can only witness it, what? Indirectly, that the universe was created, ayah number 27. 28, that Allah Ta'ala created this ceiling, or this, 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 this sky above us. Some refer to this ozone layer, but Allah Adam. Then 29, the alteration of night and day. I number 30, the spreading out and the smoothing of the surface of the earth. I number 31, the development of the oceans and streams and vegetation. And I number 32, the formation of mountains. These are all things that took place prior to us that we can learn through science. Whereas the other surah is all things that you can witness directly. So it's amazing that the first surah, as we're talking about this, these, these evidences of Allah, the first one talks about what happened historically that we can investigate and see indirectly. And then the next surah after that is like, okay, I'll be even more direct. Look at the things right in front of your face. So subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala is giving so many, so much evidences to remind human beings that all of this is what? This has all just been given to you as a mata, as a tool, and as a pleasure for yourselves and for your cattle, and also to remind you that you're actually closer to the animals than you are to the gods, especially when you have arrogance like Fir'aun. May Allah protect us. Anyway, with that, I close, inshallah, after this is ayah number 34. Allah Ta'ala just talked about what happened in the past, all this universe coming together. Now Allah Ta'ala is going to talk about in the future all that's going to be destroyed, and we'll get to that next week. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.